make sure that the data is as accessible as possible and want to take a sort of more casual and graphic-based tone with the materials they provide us. Um, so they wanted to sort of present this to you all as a where we are aiming to be on the spectrum, but since we're early enough, wanted to get some initial feedback on if that feels appropriate, if you think this should be a solemn affair, um, or um, should be very textually focused rather than graphically. Um, and so to get your feedback on that front, um, you know, they've given us some initial design thoughts, particularly, you know, everyone's kind of action plan uses blue and green as the color scheme, and we sort of want to step away from that. They've given us a sort of proposed color palette with a lot of reds, given that Northern High and sort of public school system uses red in a lot of its imagery to connect this to other municipal work. Um, and we're trying to go, they were thinking, you know, is there a sort of literative mitigation Milton thing that they could do? They didn't find anything that seemed to work and were like, actually, MCAP, non-planned management plan might actually be the best <laughs> uh, sort of proposal for a name. If you all feel like there's maybe net zero Milton or something else waiting in the wings for you all, that's totally fair too, but they'll maybe start designing some logo concepts based around this. I think a, a point to that was that um, with sustainable Milton having a presence already, I think this is a, a good juxtaposition to that. Yeah, because to kind of Sicilian Milton sort of in but it's, it's overlaps a little bit with that existing. Yeah, the same. Could we have a contest today? We we could. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We might get plenty of kind of best. But something they were thinking of to more engage the community. Um, we try to avoid stopping trees as much as possible, and we're thinking we would do a sort of open-ended um, photography sort of involving contest elements for the photos that we would find. Um, and we have grant funding to let us, you know, give out five twenty-five dollars to that to that effect. So that could be a way to bring in certain Yes. Yeah. Yeah, just look at any of the sort of covers of town like um so that's that's where we're at currently with the sort of design element of that. Um they'll be coming back to us with an actual logo and some more iconography with that color scheme um that they want your opinion on. Um by next next meeting they'll have the stuff, but just wanted to get a sort of temperature check on quickly what you saw if that sort of sliding scale of Fun to serious felt appropriate. Um, there are any initial like things to really avoid or to really get in, in the designs. So what you're talking about is designs sort of there for important. Is that issues partially? Um, what what Jack and I can't do is like design you guys an engaging infographic for the climate action plan. So they want to give us all of the icons and color palettes and um, different sort of graphical tools so that when we as this committee in the town are preparing our climate action plan, we can plug in that information to make the plan more readable. Um, section design basically give us the, the template so that we can input the, the text and the sort of way uh, we want to present the actual information um, using the tools that give us. 
Yes, um, as well as for communications from this committee or um, standalone fact sheets or flyers. Yeah, the brain. Exactly. Yeah, it, it'll be a, a whole sort of book um, for this hour. Yeah. I agree with the need for a spectrum from serious and detailed to fun and accessible. Um, the, the final cap document itself. Mm -hmm. Primarily to be read by people working on the actions yeah. in there. So I think it would be closer to the serious and inspection, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but we're, I think most people who learn about what's in the fund will not learn about it from downloading the first HIV. Yeah. Um, but thinking about the way we present this sort of color scheme, a little more vibrant, a little more straying away from the sort of flat blue and black green. Um, a little more detailed, it sort of gives us an initial thing that had a bit of a sketchy uh, look to it. Um, um, as, and, go ahead. In reading the disability research panel that was sent to us, um, you made it clear to me uh, how much uh, input. Uh, is going to be necessary on individuals and how much individuals are going to have to play a role in terms of improving their, their, their houses and changing their houses and spending money to change their houses. So that sort of uh, suggests to me that um, what you're talking about is going to be very important in terms of uh, how we're able to sell this uh, because um, that aspect of it, which is going to be very important, uh, is going to take a very hard stop. Yeah, I just follow up on that. It does seem to me that the success of this committee's work is a certain degree contingent upon community engagement, not to Necessarily engaging in understanding this design study, but in a series of actions or behaviors that people in the community need to be aware of and get into if we're going to be successful. So, just picking out loud, I mean, it might be worthwhile to think about the larger issue of community engagement and how it fits in to this engagement on the design document. Yeah, building on that, what you said, with, like the report itself, I imagine is more not so fun, <laughs> but like to have a, 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 a suite of branding materials of which some are fun that we would use for a newsletter or an outreach campaign or some sort of like yes that seems great and things that are you know fun or you know humor is always attractive and you know I've seen you know as a teacher some of the um you know what's what catches people's attention and be something that's yeah, wow. so you know, I, I mean, we were working on a grant through NAGC, accelerating land resilience. That's our, our microgrid grant. Um, mm -hmm. And another of the communities, Beverly, used their grant to hire a 
specialty utilities cartoonist, like where the comic book about the solar community solar program they haven't approved. So totally on board with them. However, one right. um, I, I have a question for you. Can you share with them the template for the document, like basically the outline of the report that we've been working on? Yes. Um, and we share that with them. They're they're not going to be providing us with their climate action plan, right. um, but but they have that as a guide for which pathways to prioritize. Right. Yeah, I think that'll just uh, help inform like the level of detail yeah. that we're expecting to have to some degree. Yeah, I'm not sure I totally agree with fun. I mean, I think um, awareness raising is probably equally important. So a lot of people including myself and my own family, aren't that well aware of the climate issues in the market. There's a lot of research that I've shown that the human messaging around climate change that has been prevalent in the past decades only reaches a small portion of the addressable market. And that, um, not shying away from the seriousness, but I think focusing more on solutions and shared values. Is, yeah. is, uh, humor can definitely uh, pave the way for uh, a more constructive conversation. Yeah, I don't mean to in terms of awareness raising. I think a focus on um, adopting the measure that we may suggest, just knowing what else is out there, like actually is going to improve the quality of people's lives, right? Like your house is warm if it's more insulated, your you know, your bills may be lower, your the traffic may be less, things like that. Absolutely, that's a big way. So it's 615. I think we could keep talking about this topic, but do you feel like you have enough? Yeah, that, that's helpful. I'm, I'm hearing that what I presented feels like it's the right track and we'll continue sort of along what we're going on now. Okay. <laughs> I have a couple of quick points to also add in. Um, just summarizing some interactions in between meetings. So I think we heard uh, general consensus in the last meeting that uh, we feel there's a, a gap. Not, not that it's not compliant with the GHG protocol, but there's a gap in the emissions inventory around the um, fugitive emissions based or the one more about gas and, and also better understanding of the emission impact of land development and changing land use. Um, we start to, to jack to understand how much incremental budget would remain for. Um, Apex to help with that work. The answer is not very much. Right? The other issue is that um, the the folks who did the GHG protocol um, are developing guidance for uh, how to calculate emissions from land use changes. It's not finalized yet. Um, there's a, a draft report we could follow. I think there's some tools that are linked to from that draft uh, guidance that. That we could try to make use of. So I think there's no action set with Apex there. It's something that we should follow up on ourselves. Thank you for remembering to bring that up. Yeah. 
Perfecto. That's on this topic following up on the admissions inventory. Okay. Um, so let's go on to the next topic, which is a discussion item. We don't have to make any decisions, but I wanted to circle back to something that you brought up last time and also um, one of the folks who provided um, public comment was Kate Barak. So both of them were touching on this issue of how should our committee engage in decisions that other committees or other bodies in town may be considering? Uh, and I think that's a really important question um, in terms of how we do that, when we do that, with what kinds of information or engagement. Um, and so I just want to throw that open for discussion and see what people think. I, I don't think, um, you know, there's not a specific decision point that I think we're trying to reach tonight. And I, I know that Maggie's not here, and this is something she was interested in. So I want to be mindful of that and probably circle back to it at a future meeting. So we might shorten this a little bit, but just to kind of get the conversation started, I'd love to hear what people think about that. Um, and, you know, and folks have examples of other committees that are considering topics right now that is helpful to kind of grab a discussion. Would it be helpful to have context from sort of planning side of things? So a number of committees. Yeah. Um, okay. Usually, when a committee suggests sends a sort of letter of recommendation or or sort of an advisory letter, this sort of flow of information is usually upwards to either the sort of planning board, or the select board, or one of your election boards. Um, so often, you know, in any case of Galfield, I think that's through the Conservation Commission and Parks and Rec, um, uh, kind of this, the same level of reporting of the select board as you all. Um, we don't often see that kind of intra committee dialogue. It's usually the sort of upward um, commenting. So, thinking about what the select board is doing in their decision making with the planning board would often be the uh, sort of more Common approach for comments to another board committee. Can you say that last part again? I'm not sure I understood. So it would be more common for a committee to engage at the select board level than yes. with another committee. So yeah, um, or the planning board. One of those, right? Um, boards that often have you know, delegation powers to these committees. Right, like Maggie's representing that uh, from the planning board. Um, our director is technically the select board system as well. Or Alex will. Yeah. So the committees with that designation. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily hesitate to say, like, well, you shouldn't comment on things to the Conservation Commission, but our experience is that comments usually flow upwards. So is there an example, just so I want to make sure I'm totally clear, if, say, the Conservation Commission is considering something on and sends it up to the select board. Is there an example of another committee speaking to the select board saying, here's what we think about that issue that that committee is working on? Um, so, for instance, earlier this year, um, we um, were in the process of adopting the town's pedestrian bicycle master plan, which hasn't been adopted. Um, that was partially funded through the National Planning Committee. So, they submitted a letter of comment and reviewed it, and, and that's sort of that is the victims of the slide board. Well, simultaneously, the advisory committee did the same as the slide board, and then the traffic commission did. 
but all of those were less addressed to the other committee's work, not but towards the select board. The select board was the final version. Yes. That actually would be with your combination. Yeah, and then I think the comment we heard, uh, public comment we heard, was that there's a gap here. Mm -hmm. Probably don't want to anchor completely on what's been done in the past. I, I think if, if there's a decision being made by a lot of the conservation committee, uh, there's a very good chance that we try to route it through an even busier committee uh, and you know, aligning multiple public body meeting schedules. Our chances of failing to communicate are pretty high. Um, and just a few thoughts on this that. In terms of like when we weigh in and how we weigh in, um, and I think it's important that uh, as a committee we, we weigh in if, if we have a value added perspective. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people could guess, but Pearl doing something about climate change perspective might be an issue, but I think often what's lacking is quantification or an attempt to sort of balance the eating. Priorities, um, and I don't. I don't think as a committee we should engage in sort of um, all or nothing reasoning where things are either great for climate or bad for climate. Um, so as we do our work and we develop specific expertise that might be helpful with uh, decision making, for example, like in our research on flooding, if we learn how to use the, the new like. The ponds at Waterstone Association flood models. Maybe we could weigh in when we're in controversy on the groundwater impacts of some development. We might be able to add some actual information that is that. And I think that would be a great example of um, where we might weigh in. Um, Are you suggesting like have more as a like provide some technical? Information rather than like we're for this project or we're for this, you know, rule, but it's like there's some data to consider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. So we have sort of a model of how it works now. And we have an alternate model that you're proposing that um, maybe we could or should weigh in with other communities providing information, basically not, not advising them that they should do one thing or another, but providing information, context. Are there any other thoughts or concerns about, you know, uh, there, there could be some downsides of weighing in with other communities, and there certainly could be some upsides, and there's very little think about one thought I have is that the, the climate issue is so broad, right, that so many of the other committees, what they do overlaps with what we're looking at. And so, you know, it seems natural to, to that there would be cases where we would have information that would be helpful. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm I feel nervous about it as well, just because some of these issues are um, so politically fraught sometimes. And yeah. <laughs> oh, 
you know, somebody else is working on and they're going to be important to implementing what we're trying to do where they're making a decision that's going to weigh a lot on that topic. Um, we're not quite there yet, I think. We're still sort of getting our grounding um, in all these different topics. So, um, so that's just another question. I'm not proposing a specific answer except to say what we choose to do now might be different than what's appropriate to do a year from now or three years from now because once we have the plan, this committee and the charge really is involved too with um, implementing the plan. And even if it's not these people on this committee, there may be you know future members of this committee who will you know have the opportunity to engage on particular issues. So, Anyway, there's just the time dimension. Yeah. I will also say you may likely be contacted by um, applicants for CPA funding, so it's a important project that comes forward, especially if it's a recreation or conservation project. So that would also be a way we are engaging with either it's a committee or a commission doing the app applying or with the CPA committee itself. So, so that's sort of that's a way to do support letters in a way that may be less. Um, Charge and sort of on schedule. Yeah, and we've already done that. Um, yeah. You know, be careful to say we didn't review all the applications, yeah. but this sounds like a good idea. Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess the question in my mind is, is what what kind of interactions you're part of them? Which uh, my intuition is that to send a letter formally from one committee to another, just like that should be something to draft, review here, vote to endorse and send. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas. Um, to you know, find the point of contact with you know, committee X, uh, being just in touch with my point of contact with that committee, saying like, this is what I'm thinking about, this is what we're doing. I would, I wouldn't, I would think that too much formality there would prevent effective communication, mm -hmm. where you're not saying we, as the climate action committee, officially proclaim the things that. So here's what I'm going to suggest, unless there's any other sort of key aspects of this that we didn't bring up yet. Um, I think we should just table this, um, think about it, talk about it again at our next meeting and get back a chance to bring in because I know it was important to her. And then we might not be ready quite for a proposal next time, but um, I don't think we have to like, make a formal decision just yet. But we might want to, in a future meeting, kind of make a proposal about, okay, here's generally how we're thinking we're going to work in different situations, you know, but we don't have to have this plan yet. Um, so, folks get a little bit of that. Keep thinking about it. All right. Um, so the next thing is to talk about the research templates. And so what we're going to do is kind of remind you about the general uh, outline of the template. And when I say template, I'm really meaning um, here's an outline of a portion of our final report. Mm -hmm. It can change, but it's really um, a way to get us into the topics that we have. Um, and uh, as a reminder, too, we have two different kinds of topics. We have climate change mitigation, so things like things that are causing emissions or things that might still cause emissions like conservation, but you know, we have the stationary forces like buildings and fugitive emissions, we have the transportation, we have waste, we have conservation. So those are the mitigation topics. And then we have um, adaptation topics with our how, how do we adapt and respond to climate change risks. 
So the ice storm is flooding deep, etc. Uh, so we have one example of each that Alex and I went through and kind of started to fill out this outline. And we want to share that with you not as a not so much to focus on the content here today, but really just to get you started thinking about how you might write something similar or different, you know, just to get you started thinking about it. Because uh, we're each going to go then and work on uh, similar outlines. And, and we'll get to this later, but just in general, our, our river plan calls for us between now and December to be sort of generating draft content. And then in the spring, we're going to be, or in winter and spring, starting January, we're going to be starting to get feedback from other people and stakeholders about that content. So we look for one and have something other than a blank page when we start to go out people. So that's what this is all about. Um, so we have up there the, what I'd like to show first is just a template out, outline, like the white one, so you can go down. Great. Um, you can make it a little bigger so you can see it. Um, so this is the blank template. What I'm hoping is that each of us, as we work on a different topics and we assign the topics uh, in one of our prior meetings. Hey, I think. Hello, Mr. Chair. I've been planning for that, so we're just going to have that. We are just talking about the, the research uh, templates. So that means whenever we're at, I mean, this is the timing, so we're just starting to talk about the, the blank outline. So the thought here is that. We can each use this as sort of a starting point and start filling things in as it doesn't need to be in order um, and it doesn't need to be complete. Um, so that's important. The idea is just to get started because uh, there's nothing worse than looking at my cheer So um, the way I started was um, I started thinking about research questions and you know the things I wanted to know about this topic. You could also put down data sources. You can put down examples of other communities that you've heard about working on this issue, relevant technology, and tools. That's all just to kind of get your mind going to this topic. And then the actual drafting. And then here we're not really trying to like draft the actual language that's going to be in the report necessarily. It's just getting the information out there, getting something on the page. So a description of the issue, you know, just a general description. Um, if you're working on a um, a mitigation topic, then we're going to have some information from APEX about what the baseline information, baseline mission information is. So that can be something you put in here. Um, you might have some information about related bylaws, regulations, policies, maybe not yet. That's okay. That's a place to put it. Equity considerations are really important. And, you know, start thinking about how this topic might affect different people in different ways. Um, then goals is the next topic. Sort of what are they? What are the things we can actually do and focus on in terms of goals? And APAS will be giving us um, uh, some pathways um, for the greenhouse gas mitigation. So, like you were talking earlier, like the things that we could do to reduce the infants by 20% or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's probably anything, but anyway. Um, and then action steps. So, and, and this might, the format of the action steps might. Um, might change as you work on it. It's fine. You can totally adapt this. It doesn't need to stay in lockstep with this, but the general idea is some things are things we can do in the short term, one to two years. Some things are medium term. Some things are longer term. At least for the short term things, we need to start thinking about who needs to be engaged. Who are the stakeholders? You know, who else is working on this in town? How might we engage the public in this? 
Uh, how might you fund efforts on this? How could we measure progress? And again, ACAS there might give us some help on the mitigation. Uh, what are the resources? What are next steps? So this is just, again, uh, a way to sort of start to dive into the topic. I, I experienced, and Alex can talk about this too, like once I got into it, I was like, oh, there's this and there's that, and it just kind of it emerged and changed a little bit. And that's fine. Um, you know, having these topics in general hopefully will help us like ultimately be able to pull together something that's relatively consistent from topic to topic, but if it morphs a little bit right now, that's totally not. So that's the outline. I will just very briefly tell you about um, the version that I did for intense storms, and then Alex did a lot more than I did um, focused on building, so I'll turn it over to you in a side. But I sort of, I took the example of, okay, adaptation, one of our topic, topics is intense storms and wind damage. So I got into, you know, writing down questions like, I've already read about resilience hubs, you know, so that's a place where people can go when there's storms um, and to charge their phone and get a meal or to, you know, just have some power. Um, so I asked questions about that. I put in some data that, I, you know, resources that I read about that. One of the things I mentioned that topic in particular is because that might be a strategy that we use for multiple topics. Um, and you might find that too, like you're working on some other topic and you say, oh, this is a, a cool thing that you could do that you touch on multiple topics. That's fine. Just put it in there. We'll, we'll figure it out later. Um, but just know that those linkages are likely. Um, uh, what else? I, mean, I found some interesting data sources, like I work with utilities, so I knew where I could find like the number of outages and uh, numbers of customers affected over the last few years. And um, we might have some data sources particular to your topic. That's great. Throw them in there. If you do, if not, that's fine. Other people may have ideas and we can help each other. So this doesn't have to be a solo project. Um, what else? Yeah, I found um, when I got the action steps, like I kind I, of, I, I was thinking about at what level of detail, and I couldn't, I couldn't really decide what level of detail. So I imagine that may that may shift as we write about it, and that's okay. Um, but again, just getting something on the page, I think, will, will help us as we think about how we want to engage other stakeholders. How do we want to talk with people about this? What information do we need? You know, what are the gaps that, that this will help us get to that point? So I'm going to stop talking now and carry over to us to talk about the buildings user memo. Yeah, so similarly, um, I, don't, I don't plan to dig into the content uh, or we have a great object. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think um, when, when Tracy and I met to kind of compare our output on this exercise, I think the, you know, the similarities and differences were instructive. Right? So I think it's important to acknowledge that this is a, a, a challenging and wide ranging research project. Um, and uh, I think we're all going to need um, to sort of approach the, the idea generation, the reference gathering, and you know, reference management. All those things that go into research project, everybody's going to have their own individual way that they're comfortable doing that. And I think that we should embrace that. Um, but we do need um, you know, a way that that can come together it's not total chaos. Um, so I, I think having uh, you know, a collaborative uh, 
document available um, that we can co-edit um, that sort of broadly follows the outline. And then like Tracy was saying, um, it's more, um, you know, the outlines are more, more to enumerate, you know, angles on the topic that, that we need to make sure to think about. Um, and not not to be kind of rigidly hierarchical. This must always be here under this point. Uh, but it's, you know, as long as it sort of roughly covers the, the area, um, I think we sort of set up a a, a master document um, on each of these topics. I think um, you know, just from my experience with writing about committee uh, in you need a, um, a kind of document owner um, to be the, the one who's so your final format and integration when the time comes for that. Um, and it's just like hyper-tactically, um, we, we could do that in Google Docs. Um, I know that SharePoint offers um, collaborative editing functionality as well, but it seems limited with us not having town and home accounts. Um, so it's sustainable. Milton does have a Google workspace. Um, so we could, you know, as long as you guys have um, sort of Google linked accounts, uh, you could be able to you know, host those documents. Um, and um, I know, I know, but you're hitting all the points that I but I want to say that. And even Tracy, like it helped. Like I was looking at drought and I'm flooding, and I was like, this is very helpful context. Yeah, so um, yeah, so a lot of this content is is uh, fairly directly stolen from the people from yeah. the plants in the region. So we, we're definitely not going to have to write just right. scratch. There's yeah. dozens of household documents that we can yeah. compare to. Yeah. Um, I really like Whale in Massachusetts has this really concise like, eight-page document that is there. I'm actually And um, I, you know, I spoke to a few months ago, I spoke to a committee member they did that very much on purpose, and nobody's going to read a 50 page document. I think you need that executive summary, you also need some more detail somewhere. So uh, I'm sort of trying to go, go a level beyond that because I just really struggle to do the kind of breadth first approach to writing. I usually have to go all the way down in one area before I can move on. So. Something I'd just like to add is this was really fun to work on. Like it was super engaging to sort of dive into a topic and start to like think about it. Um, think about who I know who knows about it and you know, just start to sort of um, get some words on the page. And um, so I realized that we are not all going to be experts necessarily on the topics we're writing on, and that's fine. We all bring strengths and skills to this. I feel like totally confident that everybody on this committee has really useful perspectives to add. So if this seems daunting, I would say, don't worry about it. Just get started and we're gonna help each other and we're gonna like use the strength that we have as a committee to um, to get this done. Um, so anyway, that's my little cheerleading speech. I really actually thought it was super fun. Um, so. I have one kind of open meeting long question about this. So if, 
if we are collaboratively editing a document, we have to be careful to make sure that no more than like less than a quorum is working on any one document at a time. Or is it okay just to I mean, avoid substantive discussion and comments? Kind of right. Um, I will have to double check. I'm not entirely sure if you know having the same document open and typing is a form of communication or not. I feel like that would be the question. Um, yeah, but, so if you could, if you could yeah. take that away from that, that'd be great. Because we could definitely, probably just through reality and not being able to do everything at once, um, we're going to have to sort of so each choose a couple that we contribute to and we may naturally end up with less than a quorum so. Are there any questions or concerns or worries that people have with respect to about this process over the next few months? The, uh, the action steps. How each of the engines are prescriptive. Is that something that another group does? Do you suggest people to do it? What do you say? I would say. Like my personal belief is this is a starting point, not the end point, right? And we're going to be getting feedback. We need to get feedback from a lot of people. So I would say probably avoid going super duper detailed and prescriptive because it's going to change, but enough detail so that someone has a, a way to say, huh, I think that's the right direction and I'd add this, or no, that seems like the wrong direction. That was sort of my take on it. I do think that the we have to start thinking about well, if, if this is really going to be in the plan, we would do it right. So then there's a um, you know, section in the outline for key actors and stakeholders, um, and uh, right. I mean, I, I think if I have a criticism of one of the plans, I read that that's nowhere to be found, um, mm -hmm. and then that it's that some of these plans are three or four years old, and it's hard to find any evidence that any of those things are happening. <laughs> We absolutely have to yeah. grapple with that early. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as a committee, I mean, but some of the plans I read, there was a lot of encouraging for people to do things. And there is already like a lot of organizations out there encouraging people to do things. And, you know, I, I think if we could, I think this process will help us focus in on a cluster of initiatives that would be really like, here's something we can really do that would make a difference. And that's such a great point. I'm really glad you brought that up because this is a huge sprawling topic, right? Like we can come up with a plan that has like literally a thousand actions that that would not be helpful. Like it'd be so much better if we came up with five or 10, like actual things that we could do. Um, that we focus on and the emissions inventory will help us in that because it's going to tell us where are the most emissions mm -hmm. therefore where do we really need to focus um but even within that you know uh i think for me i, I think probably thinking about what's doable what's realistic what at least in the near term what could we actually accomplish is probably a good filter to think about i don't think we have to be comprehensive and cover any possible action um, that's my take, and, and certainly feel free to add stuff if you feel like it's important, even if it's maybe not doable. That's okay. We can have a conversation about it. Just to keep that in balance, there's there's a pretty 
difficult role to hit, uh, and and uh, you don't want to prematurely end it. But we, we might not. Maybe we just need to go out and find more resources to be able to do more things. And in balance, <laughs> somewhere in there, and hold my hands. So, any other questions or um, concerns about working on this? I want to um, make sure people know what they're going to be working on. So, and I don't have the notes right here, but I wonder if that if you could bring up the research topics. Um, it's a spreadsheet that has our the research outline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the spreadsheet version of that. Yes, so over on the right hand side, and I don't know if you can find some columns or something so we can see the names and the top names at the same time. Okay. Um, I think I probably have this job down someplace. So, can you see from where you are the um, the names and the topics and read them off? Maybe. Or maybe. Oh, sure. Um, so, um, Alex and Arthur raised their hand for flooding. Right. Yes. Flooding is the one. Lisa, you raised your hand for wildfires. John, you agreed to take on heat waves. And the marine is already going to go. Okay, so so that's those are the adaptation topics uh, and uncovering storms. Um, so then, in terms of the mitigation topics, Lisa, I have you down for transportation. Yeah, um, Mary and Alex for um, buildings. I'm covering cumulative emissions from oil and gas. Arthur, I have you for solid waste, and Maggie and Ron for conservation. Okay. So that's going to be a Yes, that's a fair point. Sort of in between. Yeah. Um, I'll put it um, on the spreadsheet that lines up. Okay, great. Any questions about those topics, or if that's not what you remember, putting your hand up for? Well, I have a question about conservation being one of the topics when there's a conservation committee, and just like. Is that going to interplay, or like, are we defining it a little differently than maybe I got a conservation committee? One of the things that I was going to suggest involved to one's question that ties into this is maybe touching basins with the chairman of the conservation commission and asking if you can get on the agenda. And um, outline what it is that you and we will be doing in getting a direct input. Yeah, I think Maggie is a member. Thanks, no? No. Oh. She's a member of the planning board. Oh, okay. You're a member of the conservation? Yes. Oh, we have We do. Yeah, good help anyway. And the John Cannon is great to work with. Oh, great. Okay. Good. Yeah. Okay. Does that seem like a good next step? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, and I think that topic is is a little different than all the others. So, you know, maybe after you um 
talk with a company, take a in, or as you think about it, if you decide you need to break the mold a little bit for that topic, I think that's fine because it is uh, a little different. Yeah. Is the Conservation Commission have its own website or planning document or something um, we could mode up on? It, it has resources that are available on the website that are referenced. The biggest thing is the town, the town bylaws uh, for conservation. That would be a primary source document for you. And then uh, the Massachusetts general laws pertaining to conservation are, are good to review. Because the Conservation Commission um, has a lot of responsibility and authority um, for matters relative to uh, state law and also some matters relative to uh, federal law. Has there been they're not up to date, but we just approved minutes at a, we, we meet twice a, a month. Uh -huh. uh, one meeting is um, held virtually, uh -huh. and the other meeting is usually with a sidewalk when we have situations that we have to examine in person, physically. And those are public meetings, uh -huh. so we can do business of any nature relative to conservation as long as it's. Um, for example, um, last weekend when we had one on Saturday, when we finished the last property, we moved off the property into the street. And then we met for an hour and conducted business in the middle of the street. Sometimes it's not fun, like when you're in two feet of snow. Right. <laughs> you haven't put on the right boots or spots. <laughs> But, yes, um, <laughs> but I'll be happy to work with you. Okay, you so much. Okay. And now, um, just by the the people's backgrounds on the Concom are very varied. So while it's great to have a, a conversation with them about this collectively, you might then knowing what some of their individual backgrounds are, target some of them to speak with about specific points that might be in their research outline. Okay. And I'll just say too, that this sounds like a really good thing to do for this topic. Um, and in general, you know, this period of time in our work plan is to kind of Get ourselves organized, and then we do have time in the work from also to reach out to others. So don't feel like you have to finish the outreach now, but it sounds like it'd be helpful to start it. But you know, we're gonna have time to then reach out and talk to experts, consult other committees, consult the public. So um this what we come back with in the next few months um is not gonna be a finished product. Yeah. I think first we have to draft our own preliminary research. Agenda, uh, read the bylaws, and then have a discussion with you. Mm -hmm. And take I'll start with the site on the town website for Conservation Commission. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and then you can just send me an email with any questions. 
He was at a flooding in Vermont. They listed uh, dams with uh, safety issues in uh, in Massachusetts. One of them is the Baker Dam, uh, you know, Lower Mills. Um, and so that was kind of in the back of my mind. And then after uh, the Windsor flooding and New York City flooding, I'm like, you know, I should know the first thing about this. So I um, reached out to Ian Cook, who's the Director of the Washington Associations to make this connection and um, find out what he knows about it. And, and it turns out he knows a lot. <laughs> um, so it was a really fun conversation. I say um, you know, the main takeaway is not a huge risk to, to life and property, uh, as I had to summarize. Um, it's, it's operated as a flood control system by the DCR, but the flood control is actually in the lower Charles, not, not on the deposit. Um, it needs to be operated properly in flood conditions. So there's valves to let more water through. Um, if they're not operated correctly, it actually backs up upstream. And so the last time that happened was in 1972. The area that's now been deposited by cat was, was flooded. Um, in the event that the dams failed, you could have a lot of water rushing downstream, and there's some property down there that's not considered a risk to some or residences. And there, there has been a um, like a more than a decade long process uh, to retrofit the dam to allow wildlife to move past it more freely. The um, Water Association would like to see it removed. No consensus on that, and the, the super fund cleanup has kind of slowed everything down. It was obvious, so you may already know this. It's all news to me. Just on your point of backup um, on the Charles River, it's a There's the super fund cleanup that you mentioned, Alex, starts with the bank at the end, and it goes up to Mother Park. Mother Park comes out of the Charles River watershed. So these back up into the south water, a watershed. Milton's vulnerable from Mother Brook as well as from the Lower Newfoundland. Then uh, my my second thing to share, um, you know, I promised not to get into the content of the building at all, but as I was working on it, I was more and more taken by the feeling that the first one of the first things we need to do because. This we discussed uh, so much of addressing building emissions is about individual property owners and residents taking actions that will cost them time and money to uh, have energy systems in their home that are you know, aligned with where Massachusetts is going. Um, and the way a lot of um, plans tackle this is through electrification programs, where there's a lot of incentives available. Um, there's a lot of assistance out there to help people pick reputable contractors, get good designs, you know, not get overcharged. Um, and I think it's crucial. We're sort of at like the early Tesla phase of this, where the people who are doing this are early adopters. And it's really, really important that they come out of it and be like, like they know a Tesla and not a Jenny Lexington has recently launched um, such a program uh, just earlier this month, and they've got a, a fair to kind of 
do the community outreach around it on October 28th. Um, I'm not sure, candidly, whether I can attend, but I just wanted to sort of mm-hmm. circulate this flyer in case anybody was um, able, able or interested in going. Uh, I have set up some time to meet with the staff that's running this initiative at 167 after the fair. They didn't want to do the work, which I understand. <laughs> But it would be a good model for us. It's certainly something to, um, yeah. So, so this is exactly the type of thing that we'd be looking to get from Apex in terms of those icons, like the circles mm-hmm. with the colors and, the, and the, the graphics in the middle. Those are exactly what we're going to hopefully get out of Apex is, is a, a group of those types of icons that we can use in various um, applications. Yeah. Now, when we do have that kind of brand, um, I've seen seen that in, in professional contexts where it's like a brand book, and then we need documents you can pull together. Do we have anybody on staff who can do the graphic design for you know once Apex is gone, we need another client? Right. So the idea is to make it very streamlined so that it's very easy for someone to come in with you know not much experience in graphic design and be able to use the elements and, and the, the frameworks that they provide to create good looking um sustainable Mellon has a, a nonprofit Canva account. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. um I was so yeah I was thinking also on the um the community electric aggregation. Uh, we do have information on the website, um, but I think that you know right now it's kind of just me and Josh that are working on the website. So I'm not an expert for sure in website design. So I think that might be something that this committee could work towards in terms of providing the town staff with you know good resources to. Yeah, it seems like the the town website is a very kind of rigid template structure to it. Is there a lot of uh, climate action committees have kind of a standalone website that is more aligned with their branding? Is that something see. you consider doing? Um, I am not sure about that. I can definitely ask. Um, I know we did just revamp our website um, this summer. It's been, um, it does look good. Yeah. Good. Cool. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to manage, actually. Um, which is nice, but um, you're in terms of like creating a brand website for this committee. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm curious if it's allowed, because um, I've seen other accounts do it. Yeah, I'm not sure if they were actually formally under the umbrella of a town or some nonprofit. Okay. So, um, just to pick up on some things that you said, I just want to finish up and then I want to go back to the instrument. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was just going to say so the conversation you had with Ian about the pet mandra is a great content, you know, bit you learned and an example of, you know, ways that we can engage other experts. So I hope we'll be doing a lot more of that over time. The second thing is just, I think that Lexington Energy Fair is a great model, not only for their outreach, you know, potentially a good model, but for the fair itself. So, you know, that is something we can think about. I just wanted to mention that the um, Massachusetts Association of Conservation Commissions 
um, conducts two professional development um, on-site workshops every year. Only one this month, the end of, it's almost the end of the month, isn't it? It's either this Saturday and next Saturday, and then one uh, that's in Devon's Mass and one in March at Holy Cross. Um, and they've had a couple of sessions on the uh, Taunton River Watershed um, Association's work on dams. And it's extremely impressive. So I'll just pass that along to you um, in terms of what they've done and um, re restructuring the dams so that we're moving them all together, um, restoring our watersheds um, and environmentally sensitive areas by managing the dams in certain ways. So that might be a like to look at in terms of down the line on EPA finishes for because we can't do anything with the game of course and play here until all of you see the you want the time on the decade. But we don't want to wait until the decades over your stop and play right. and we'll be able to dovetail. And then isn't there proposals to dredge below the dam? Yes. Um, and maybe extend the, the super fun site thing. Could be, yeah. They can get approval of that. Super fund um, approval was a major accomplishment for Ian yeah. and his people. Yeah. It's great. Okay, I have one announcement, and then if anyone else has, we can have time to cover them. Um, I um, I started thinking about how we might engage high school students and teachers um, in the work that we're doing, and this is taking a hat, but my daughter happens to be in a high school um, AP government class now that I happen to know is doing planning projects now that will be happening in the spring. So I just went ahead and wrote her teacher and said, hey, we have this committee. We might be interested in having students help us with a survey. It was sort of what I was thinking about, like um, high school students. We'll probably need to survey the general public too. Um, that's just one way they might involve high school students. I heard you pointed out to me that there are other classes like um, environmental science classes that we might be able to engage. Uh, there's a there's actually a class directly on climate change happening in the high school and on environmental science. There's the physics class, and they uh, I think they do a project that might be a little later in the year. Um, so I don't know if it'll fit with what we want. But anyway, we just put this out there to say, I don't know, we might have some students who are interested. Um, uh, and um, if you have ideas about that, you know, let's talk about it. Um, but I don't think we need to be shy in engaging um, students and teachers because they're going to be really important to ultimately implementing all of these things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. The um, students used to have um, my children in the school, a community service mm -hmm. project environment mm -hmm. that still yeah. continues, and that may be a nice marriage. Yeah, thank you. Can I build on what you just said with my announcement? So I reached out to the superintendent and the head of the school committee. So started that line of communication, and you know I'm your dentist, me. So 
tell me, you know, what I should do for you. And, and so I ended up speaking last night and gave a little summary of uh, the greenhouse gas inventory. So I kind of plugged, I plugged our website, our committee's website, and that the report, the inventory was public and available. And some of the research questions I had particular to schools and shared that with them. And so next steps, I'm going to you know, meet with some of the stakeholders to get their input and also, you know, some of them are experts on the data that we need to answer some of the questions. Okay. That follows your line. Um, I guess the second announcement is as I was looking at wildfire, wildfires and the hazards, just want to point out that we have the town of Milton hazard mitigation plan. And so, you know, we don't need to necessarily duplicate mm -hmm. a lot of work, but this is, there's a link to this on the Milton's resiliency. Effect. Yeah. The municipal vulnerability preparedness website. And so there's a link to the 2021 town hazard mitigation report, and there's some really good information in there. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Great, thank you. Any other announcements? Okay. Big man. Just another last one. On um, major offering in environmental science. Mm -hmm. The University of Massachusetts at Boston does as well. And they may even have a master's program offering. Um, and they have climate components in most of these courses. So that might be something else that we could explore, see what they're doing yeah. in the curriculum and see if anything's transferable. Great. Well, this is a um, good idea to keep thinking about. And um, I think as we get into planning for engagement, you know, we, we may be able to tackle from other groups and also think about how to engage those groups too. Um, so the next thing in the agenda is to just kind of remind ourselves where we are in the plan. I kind of alluded to this, but I want to just call it out a little bit more and get your input about what we want to cover in the agenda next time. Um, so our work plan, we are in the research and draft plan stage, October through December, um, is, uh, our goals are to fill in the research outline, doesn't need to be complete or perfect, the idea is to get key questions, and to ask an item, repurpose on paper, so we can gather more information to get feedback. Um, so this is, you know, we're working on a template, so we're working on gathering information, um, as needed, consulting with experts in town and others to gather ideas for our initial drafts. Um, we did circulate a template of our initial write-ups in, uh, in our October meeting today. Um, and so in our next meeting in November, um, I think it'd be great if everybody can bring a draft, whatever stage it's in, bring something um, on the topics that you're working on so that we can start to talk about that and start, you know, talk about what we're learning, your staffs, if you need help. Um, 
So uh, that is that is a request for um, in advance of next meeting. And uh, I think it would be helpful to share those prior to next meeting so we can read each other's stuff. So our deadline for sharing things is uh, the Friday before our next meeting. Um, don't have that date memorized, but I can figure it out because we meet on the third Thursday. Or the Thursday of November is the 16th, so that means having a draft to share by the 10th of November, which seems alarmingly soon, but again, it doesn't need to be complete, just bring something. <laughs> um, so that's my request. You can send your um, document to you, Jack, right? You yes. can send to you, and then you can make sure that they're uploaded and you know, see each other's stuff. Um, the other thing that I want to point out about our work plan is that we need to report back our progress to the select board in December. So I think probably next month we ought to talk a little bit about that and what, what we want to share back with the select board. Um, and then just looking ahead to next year, um, January through June is our community and expert engagement um, sort of focus time. So getting public input from residents and businesses and organizations through a survey and public meetings and whatever else we can think of to engage people, um, consulting with stakeholders and potential partners, um, uh, representatives from the town film departments engaging with other development committees and commissions have related projects. So we're kind of focused inward, mostly inward right now. Uh, we're going to be really focused outward um, starting uh, in, in the new year. Um, so one of the things that we'll have to think about in January and February are past start to plan public meetings and survey um, and probably other engagements. And in March, our old public meeting and launch the survey. Um, in May, hold a second public meeting where we survey results. Um, we could visit neighborhood associations. We could engage um, uh, students uh, in the schools in town. We can engage in social media, potentially. We need to report that our progress in June. So that's just kind of what's coming next. All of that can change, like the specifics probably will change, but just to give you an idea of later what we'll be working on. Are there any questions or concerns about any of that? Just for thought, there are multiple neighborhood associations and require a lot of time and resources. So maybe one of the things that we would think about is have a special invitation to the neighborhood associations to make sure that they're there. Mm -hmm. uh, at least they have an opportunity to be there. That's great. Yeah. And time would be critical space, maybe something that you want other council in aging, mm -hmm. they may want to also consider in-person and virtual mm -hmm. study people in the community in Canada and uh, chime in or at least observe it line. A lot of keys room over the library. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the library is a big spot. I think it'd be really cool to have some kind of a bed for students mm -hmm. okay. yes okay well keep thinking about it um uh and feel free to to um you know share ideas of something for students um i think for next time probably you know we have some follow-up business from this time in terms of um um, engaging other committees. We're going to have some 
Some time, of course, to share our templates and talk with each other about that. Are there any other key topics that we want to cover in the agenda for next time? I think in these uh, template land that uh, you mentioned this earlier, that it's really important for us to prioritize our goals and the kind of behaviors that we're hoping to generate as a result of this work. I will say that the uh, the Apex will have sort of a first draft of the pathways um, next week, um, so we can get those up to you, Lisa. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Would it make sense to? Um, and we're going to share our drafts with you. And then if we have comments on that or suggestions or mm -hmm. how does that work mm -hmm. and we stay, you know, public and yeah, um Josh was just saying that um this is where the majority of the you know discussions between members should be held. I think right. um I would say that you know try to more than um, try, just try to limit email and, and any other sort of communication as much as possible, um, as much as needed. Um, and my understanding is that a group of, of us is less than a quorum can, can work together. Right, yeah. And given the complexity of this, these, each one of these research topics, and I don't think we should shy away from yeah. Right. Yeah. And I can definitely, I'll, I will look into, um, you know, in terms of the documents itself, whether working on the same one is considered um, a violation. Um, that is, so, I mean, that first form is five, mm -hmm. right? So I think all of four, over nine members in total, right? So we have five. Yeah. If you're nine members, five, Right. So, so four of us contributing <laughs> content to a shared document. Sounds like it's fine. Yeah. I guess my question is, could we all have access as long as we don't debate? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and definitely that. And also, yeah, and definitely just you know view all the documents, but um, in terms of whether or not five of you decide to make notes on one document. Yeah. Um, I can figure that out. Yeah, I mean, I say for now, four or less, and we'll cross that bridge if we get to it. Uh, I know I can't be in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think there's a difference. Um, what I'm imagining is that we, okay, we're going to post the documents in a place that people can look at them and comment on them. And I'm imagining, like, so you can use the comment feature to say, oh, here's a resource, here's something to think about, whatever. What I think we probably ought to avoid is somebody's having a comment and then somebody else replying to that comment saying, you know, no, or whatever. We don't yeah, have the, back and forth. The back and forth, exactly. But I think if we're just, I mean, to me, it would make sense. If we're just commenting on the document itself, but not talking with each other about the comments. Are you talking about populating the document? Yeah, yeah. I'm right. Yeah. The scenario where I think having having the document on our house because if that person can have edit access, just thinking of it from a Google Docs perspective, if that person gets edit access, everybody else gets comments, suggests access. Yeah. And then 
it is clear, you know, who other than the document owner is contributing what. Uh, and if, if there does need to be a discussion, like, well, I like this sentence and you hate it, but that's, that's something that we should put on the agenda for the next meeting, mm -hmm. discuss in public. And, and just to, you know, reiterate, at this point, we don't need to be learning about how it's written. We don't need to be debating sentences or word choices or anything like that. We're just getting our kids out there. Just focus on the content. We'll we'll figure out the formatting and the writing style and all that stuff. Okay, so I think we've got our agenda for next time. And Jack, you can let us know um, in, in terms of the open meeting. I'll just confirm that what we're talking about is okay, and we can make a decision if we can put things on um, the sustainable Google Docs format or if we need to keep it in a SharePoint that we have. Does everyone have access to the SharePoint? Like if we wanted to do that and keep it on SharePoint, can everybody actually go there and watch it? We can collect it and get it on. Yeah. You can see them. But no, like I don't have a ton of them account. Right. Okay. And that's why I was suggesting Google Docs because that's really simple as long as you have yeah, I'll look into saying if it would be just easier to get um, everyone an email or at least an access to the Outlook docs in that way um, okay. as well. Great. Last time. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Any, any other last thoughts before we go to public comment? Okay. Are there any public comments? Anybody in the room? So, Yep, and there's no one on Zoom. Okay. Well then, would anyone like to move to adjourn the meeting? I will move to adjourn. Second. <laughs> All in favor? One. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>